following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Hammer time! Are you a homeowner who is dangerous with tools? Do you start a project and never finish it because no. frustration sets in? Do you think maybe you should have called a professional? Break it down. Well, look no further. Image Home Improvement is now live on the Double Wide Network. And now, remodeling contractor, TV personality, and your host for Image Home Improvement, Steve Dubell. Oh, yes, it's Saturday again, and it's time for Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double Wide Network. And we'd like to welcome all of you to the show this morning. Dan, a beautiful Saturday morning, and it looks like the rain and the clouds finally have just drifted off into the sunset. And gave the uh, air a nice, clean start. <laughs> yeah, it's you true. You can actually, you know, you be careful. You might break out in health. You can actually breathe. Break out in health. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you you. you are you sure you on it? Were you on a health show recently? No, no. no. Okay, me healthy. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot of great things planned for on the show today. We were going to be talking. Uh, uh, actually, going to be uh, today's. You know, it's going to be more a little education today to try and get people to understand a lot of different things on how. First thing we're going to be talking with uh, Brian Molino from Lost Consultants LLC. We're going to be talking a little bit about. Uh, what to do when home disaster strikes and, uh, shall and we say... not counting me. Yeah, yeah, that's right, <laughs> not counting Dan. And to figure out what to do, especially when your insurance company isn't really as responsive as they should say, and I'm trying to be nice here. But uh, we're going to be talking about that. Also, uh, joining us in our second hour, two of our good friends, Lou Amoroso and John Ray from the Discovery Channel's hit TV show, Property Wars, that was on, are going to be joining us and sharing a little bit of their knowledge on the do's and don'ts of buying investment properties and, you know, doing what they do best, Dan. Flipping <laughs> yeah. homes. Yep, they're flippers. They're flippers, but they're good flippers. Actually, they're they're actually uh, home improvement people because there's a big difference between flippers that just use caulk and paint and guys like these guys that actually go out, improve the house from what it was, the disaster that it was, and then turn it back into the market. Absolutely. And those are things that they need to do it- – uh, right, because obviously there are too many people out there, as we talked about here in some of our recent shows, about people doing flips that weren't really that good. Yeah. You walk in and the garage ceiling is hanging down in your face, stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that drywall was okay. What are you talking about? And then you hear some more creaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <you know. laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, one of the things that uh, we always did, you know, from time to time, you know, and, uh, Dan, you know what Tuesday is, don't you? Um, Tuesday's the day you go out and find one of those drinks with the funny umbrella in it, but they're green. Green beer day. Green beer day. You know, it's St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, we've got some great friends of the show and that always call in from time to time. And one of our great friends that calls on the show is one of our former presidents. You know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to just welcome him. But uh, obviously, this time, we're going to give him a special warm welcome. Michael, music, please. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Mr. President, good morning. How are you? Oh, Steve, I'm not doing so good, but I, I wanted you to. I wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day and a special shout-out to my old Irish girlfriend, Patty O'Redbutt. 
<laughs> well, it's great to hear from you again. Yeah, you know what? There's a God, Lord. There's a lot of things. You've been in the news a lot lately. You know. Well, I, I'm I'm going through some tough times. I mean, I I, I got to tell you, I'm a, I don't have a lot of money, uh, Steve. At this point, I'm making less money than your barber. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. What, what seems to be the problem? I thought well, you did a lot of book sales and tours and all that good stuff. Well, I, I, I ran into some problems. I, I got slapped by a young lady recently. I, I, I was walking down the street, and I saw her wearing a tight T-shirt that said guess on it. So I just walked up and said, I don't know, boob job? <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, you're probably taking a lot of heat lately, you know, because of all this uh, commotion that's been on all the news, all the news broadcast about uh, Hillary's emails. Well, I know <laughs> she she might be going to jail. Could you imagine that? <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, I, Hillary and I's love life has not been good recently. I I can tell you, our love life is kind of like playing bridge. If you don't have a partner, you better have a good hand. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So, you know, but, but, Steve, I, I just want to die. You know, I'm getting older now. I just want to die peacefully like my grandfather did, not like uh, screaming for their life like the people in his car. <laughs> 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 that's amazing what about so so let me ask you a question now tell me a little bit about um how's your home doing lately well my home is terrible uh number one i still don't have the clappers in there and wait. i've been bugging you about that for two years oh wait a minute clap on clap off the clapper that's not working no we Hillary and I had a bad experience in our home the other night because of you, Steve. Really? What, we came what? home. Well, we have bunk beds, you know, and uh, we we came home and uh, you know uh, she she wanted to be intimate with me, but I just want to sleep on the bunk bed. So she said, "We get home, I'm gonna get on top." I said, "You better get the ladder." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that clapper's supposed to be able to make life easier for you in the long run. That's why they created it back in the seventies. It is, but I mean, I've got the clap. I mean, I, I, I found picking up women is it, it, kind of like dog poop. The older it is, the easier it is to pick up. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. So tell me, what are you doing for thank uh, for Thanksgiving? What are you doing for St. Patrick's Day? Well, St. Patrick's Day is my favorite holiday. I've always said for many years, you know, you take life with a grain of salt plus a slice of lemon, and then a shot of tequila. Oh, there you go. That works. That works. I like and, that. And, you know, I, I did once take a sleeping pill and a laxative at the same time, and that did not work out well for me, but I still love St. Patrick's Day. You do? Yes. Right. You know, I, I want to share something with you that happened to me one time in Arkansas. Okay. I, I hearken back to my very first girlfriend, and she was very small and skinny. We were young, you know, and... I remember she said to me, Bill, you know, I'm 105 pounds soaking wet. I said, you better stop standing under that horse. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I got to tell you, you know, you, 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 you have some wonderful Arkansas humor. I got to tell you. Well, Steve, I just want to leave, leave you with some wisdom because you're my favorite person. You're the only one that understands me. That's why I call in so much. 
Uh, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, uh, you I made fun of you for, for being bald, but I was just kidding you because Steve, <laughs> in a world full of armpits, you are an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel honored. I feel and honored. I, and so. I want to leave you. You know, I, I was president for eight years, and I learned a lot of things. And Steve, I just want to tell you this: crowded elevators smell very differently to midgets. <laughs> oh my God! So have you have you gone back and visited? You know every you know the your old stomping grounds back in Arkansas. Oh, I go back there all the time. Uh, I, you know, I, I once mowed my lawn and found a car there. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. This sounds like a metal detector. You go to the parking lot and you find lots of metal. I know, I know. <laughs> so when are you when are you coming back to the valley so we can have you on the show again? Well, I, I want to come in in person on the show. Okay. And, and I, I'm, I'm very mad at you uh, because I need you to come. You know, I have a secret house in the Valley that many people don't know about. Oh, okay. And uh, I, need the, I need the clapper in there because let's just say sometimes I want to turn the lights off, but I can't get up because of the situation I'm in. Do you understand? <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a tub of Crisco. Oil. Never mind. I don't want to get into that seat. <laughs> but, but I... I I need you to do some remodeling for me. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't need a flipper. Okay. Last time I had a flipper, it was a Filipino woman. That's what I thought that meant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I got to tell you something. You, you need to listen to the show today because, you know, we've got some great guests on the show today. And especially you've got a, if you've got a secret home here in the Valley, you need to let me know where it is because, God forbid, there's any disaster. I've got the team here to help you fight those insurance companies. Well, I, I, I want to do it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I, I do need to have a little bit of a therapy session with you when you come over. I'm, I'm pretty angry at my parents. Every year on Halloween, they would dress me up as a Jehovah's Witness. Nobody would ever answer the damn door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, and I knew they were home. I could hear them watching Soul Train. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you calling in today and wishing our listeners a very happy St. Patrick's Day, Mr. President. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Give me a call. You've got my you've got my secret number. You could give me a text. Give me a call. We'll come over and uh, we'll take a look at your house. Well, I love you and uh, I care about you. And uh, thank you for having me on your show. And, uh, you know, maybe when you come over, we'll play a nice old country game of leapfrog. It's not what you think. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. President, we'll see you later. Bye. Take care. All right. That's a former president calling in, as he usually does, checking in with us on Image Home Improvement Live. I got to tell you, Dan, you know, it's just he. every time he calls in, it's a... It's an experience, I'll tell you, <laughs> to say the least. It's it's a cultural update. <laughs> yes, it's a cultural update. And it's always good to hear from him because, you know, he's always got a lot to say. And he's very well liked uh, despite some of his uh, past uh, experiences. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want to get into that. But uh, anyway, Mike, thank you so much for all that uh, all that great uh, music having Mr. President come in. We appreciate it. How are you doing this morning? He's doing fine. I can tell. Uh, he's, he's pointing. He's <laughs> pointing. He's being very quiet today. But uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to come back with our team to help you with your home's disasters. So don't go away. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double Wide Network.
If your garage door is acting up, maybe needing an adjustment or just a new door opener, A Better Look Garage Door Company. It's not just a name. A Better Look Garage Door is a promise. When it's time to give your garage door a better look, make your next call to A Better Look Garage Door Company. 602-743-4028. Don't wait. Call the owner, Tom, right now. 602-743-4028. A Better Look Garage Door Company is a veteran-owned family business serving the Phoenix area. A Better Look Garage Door Company. Being in the home improvement business for over 23 years, I have seen my share of bad paint jobs. Hi, this is Steve Dubell. Homeowners become frustrated when the thrill of that low price fades, as does the quality of work completed. How can you tell if the paint job on your house was done right? Because you chose phoenixhousepainting.com residential or commercial interior or exterior no job is too big or too small they are the only company in the valley that offers a 10-year warranty phoenixhousepainting.com should be your choice i know they are mine don't wait call today 623-322-4640 or find them on the web at phoenixhousepainting.com This is Tiffany Hunter, host of the Home Hunter Sunday mornings on ABC 15. And you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back and uh, we want to thank our former president. I can't do it as well as he can. You know, it's only certain people can do that. As everybody knows, that is celebrity impersonator who always does that. But we really appreciate our former president coming on board and saying hi to us. But uh, we want to welcome everybody back. We are going to be talking a lot of different things today. We want to make sure everybody check. Make sure you be checking us out on uh, ImageHomeImprovementShow.com, a brand new unveiling of the new face of the show website is coming probably in about a week that's going to have a whole lot of interactive things to do. We're going to be doing product reviews on different types of products that are home-related, so it's going to be something that's really going to be interactive. You're going to be able to actually go online, uh, send us your comments, anything that you want to share with us, and it's going to be a a much greater resource than ever before. So, Dan... Every, we're gonna. Have, I'm gonna have to get somebody. Just we're gonna have so many people sending comments. We're gonna have to have somebody answer all the comments so we know uh, just to monitor it. That's right. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> gonna have so many things going on. It's gonna be, as they say, ridiculous. And also things going on. The end of the month, we're gonna be at a remote location. At a remote location. Two weeks from today, we're gonna to be over at Westworld in Scottsdale at the home show and uh, home and furniture show over at Westworld at uh, the uh, the brand new building right over behind the the big main building. We're going to be over there on Saturday and Sunday, March 28th and 29th. Make sure if you're going to be coming down, bring us your homeowner horror stories because we want to be able to, we're actually going to be able to put you on the radio live right. to be able to tell us all about your home experience. So if you are bashful or if you've ever had a uh, a desire to get on the radio and share your story with us. This is your lucky break. You could be a star. That's right. Tell <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your family. <laughs> and we don't care how bad we don't care how bad the homeowner horror story is because we've got 
We've got the people here today that's going to be able to help you if you are experienced or, you know, hopefully, you know, sometimes we don't wish bad things to happen to anybody ever. But when bad things do happen to good people and bad people and they need help, we've got the team here for you today. Brian Molino and Elaine Gonzalez is here from Lost Consultants LLC. Guys, good morning. How are you? We're good. Great. Thanks for having us. Great to have you on the show today. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about, you know, Brian, you've been on the show before, and for our listeners who want to play a little catch-up, Brian Brian and Elaine, they are public adjusters. And for what people don't understand about what that is, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard about insurance adjusters, but sometimes... You don't know what a public adjuster is, and public adjusters are very much needed. There's no doubt, especially with the things that happen when homes have disasters. Brian, give our listeners a little uh, background on what your profession is. Well, we are public adjusters licensed by the state, and we only represent policyholders when they have an insurance claim, such as fire, water damage, storm damage, theft, and business owners as well. And basically what we do is we kind of level the playing field for the policyholder. We represent them. We compile their claim and negotiate their claim to make sure they get paid fairly. Now, one of the things that people need to understand, they would probably turn around and say, well, why do I need a public adjuster? And for somebody who hasn't gone through that, uh, it's an experience just like no other from a lot of different aspects, but from a homeowner's standpoint, it's something that's very important that sometimes you need somebody to stand in the gap, so to speak. And I think that's that's a, a very important thing to do because just, just from my experience alone, being a contractor, seeing what some of these homeowners have gone through, especially when they've had issues with uh, disasters, um, it, it could be quite, uh, shall we say, interesting. Yeah, because- and basically... <laughs> It's a contract between the policyholder and the insurance company. And there are many clauses and conditions, and there are rights, but they're not always explained to the policyholder when they have a problem. Nor can the average person probably read an insurance policy and fully get it at the end when they're done reading it, except they need an aspirin because they have a headache reading it. (laughs) Or you need a translator to help you. Yeah, so basically there are so many conditions. Each side has a responsibility, but... If you don't know you're entitled to something, how do you ask for it? That's right. We, we understand the insurance. We understand what the uh, the victim is entitled to and when they have a disaster, and we make sure that they get paid and the insurance company does what they're supposed to do. Yeah, Dan, you've seen a lot of homeowners that have had issues with, obviously, disasters that you've gone in and done inspections for. Tell us a little bit about some of the experiences that you've had, and, the, and especially some of the homeowners' comments, because I know some of them One jumps were trying to, to go with their go it alone. One jumps to mind that was out in Buckeye, that I walked up to the front, the water was running out the front door, and I looked through the garage, and it looked like party tape from all of the drywall sagging, and the taping from the drywall had, had water come through. So here you have your drywall tape sagging, water running off of that, water running out of the front door. And <clears throat> yeah, I run around the back, you know, the front door was locked and I ran around the back door. The back door was wide open. Water was coming out of that. And recovery from that was horrendous. What, and so you actually caught it while it was happening. Yeah. 
And that's why I called the uh, Buckeyes Finest out to uh, walk back with me and where I had been. Now, so w- I wouldn't be blamed. But now, was was <laughs> was anybody living in the property at the time? It had just been vacated the day before. Oh, unbelievable! So, what's the re- you know you know where where's the relief in that, and why did they do that? You know, that's that. Now, that, were they were they did they move or they did just a pipe burst on the second floor? Okay, so they were still actually it still was the homeowner's home. They oh, just yeah. were, they just had moved out, and. Uh, when it came to insurance time, uh, it actually had gone into foreclosure, and the foreclosure company had to take care of that. But that's one of those ones to where that, I saw that uh, baseball get hit around the field a few times before somebody would actually step up and actually make repairs. I checked in every once in a while with a realtor that wanted me to go out and inspect the house. I said, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? That's amazing. That's amazing. But the whole house literally got just soaked. It was all. It had run for so long that I could. There were there was water running out the sides of the stem on the first floor, and then wicking up through the insulation and through the stucco. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, Elaine. You know, I'm sure you've seen experiences of homeowners totally frustrated. Tell it. Tell us, give us some ex- idea of what some of your experience have been with some of the homeowners you've spoken to when disaster strikes. You know, at the beginning, they're really shocked, and they want to. You want to really educate them on the whole process right away. It's it's a very traumatic experience, and they even say so six months down the road after they're you know we're still negotiating or whatnot, working it out for them. And they're like, you're right, I'm now having dreams over this, and the kids are, you know. So you try to educate them on, here's what's going to happen. In my experience, I've had one client where the insurance company came out and basically said, I'm going to pay you what I want to pay you. And that's when she immediately started crying and was like, what do I do? And I had sent her my packet, so she called me. You know, she had a lot of personal contents that she lost that she had from England and, you know, things that were shipped. Probably that were probably some stuff that was irreplaceable. Very much so. So, you know, you get a lot of that and, you you know, you put yourself in their position. And um, like Brian said, you know, a, a, a insurance policy is basically just that. You still, even though you have a limit, you still have to demonstrate what your loss is worth. And because we follow the guidelines and we have the software to be able to do that, that's where we make the difference where the client really is not sure um, how to capitalize on those things. Yeah, it's it's amazing, though. One of the things that I can imagine goes through the homeowner's mind when disaster strikes. Oh, my God. When was the last time I looked at my policy to see what was really covered? You know, because a lot of times, you know, we talk, Dan and I talk about this all the time when people decide they do they do upgrades to their home. They don't, you know, sometimes what uh, we find down at the city, what they claim that, you know, you're, you're paying taxes on isn't exactly the way the house looks. So sometimes you may have done an add-on and you haven't gone back and called your insurance company and let them know, hey, by the way, I added, you know, 100, 200, 500 square feet on my house. You know, do, you know, how about we reevaluate my coverage which is yeah. something that you, yeah, you really need to do on a on a on a regular basis absolutely I mean, just like you know you you check on your car and you check on hopefully your furnace filters and things like that you should have your insurance updated and checked on on a regular basis because 
so many of these companies have so many new programs and then old programs that go away, but you think you're still covered with. One of the things, too, some of these insurance policies now, and not a lot of them, but quite a bit of them, if you do, say, add on to your home or do capital improvements or remodel, and you don't tell them within 90 days when it's complete, then you may forfeit your, your replacement costs and only have actual cash value because they didn't have the opportunity to raise your insurance and charge you more. Oh, isn't that nice? So oh. you <laughs> potentially have a $150,000 claim, say, if you had a fire, and you may only collect ninety or 100000 because of it. There's a penalty involved. So, you know, as we talked in the past, I recommend every year people look at their policies, yeah. make sure their coverage is right, send them to us, we'll tell you, we'll, we'll evaluate them for you, no charge. Yeah, I mean, and make sure you're covered adequately because it's the biggest problem. The other biggest problem I see is code upgrades. People, oh, the yeah. insurance company doesn't always offer this. And if you buy a home and you have a fire five years later, now you find out the previous owner on that room addition didn't permit it. City comes out and says, That's, you don't have a permit, tear it down and start over. You don't have insurance coverage for that. Your policy won't pay for that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a rising problem. I'd say one out of every five claims we handle, sometimes that becomes an issue. Yeah, really. I mean, that, and that's where that build facts that I pull comes in very handy to see what really is with the house when people go to buy a home. It's like, oh, that other 600 square feet aren't included. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, one thing that people should understand, and it's it even on our, we're going to still offer this on our new, newly revamped website that's going to be coming out next week. The ho- link for HomeMinders is so, so very important. If you go on there and you're going to get a smoking deal, two-year subscription, $79 value for $49. You can go on there. You put all the information in about your home. You can even take pictures of your belongings and put them on the website in, uh, on your profile. God forbid you have a disaster and you have to prove to the insurance company, well, I had this, I had that. Even if you don't have the serial numbers, here's the pictures of, the, of, the, of all my belongings on what I had. You've got proof. You could submit it to the insurance company. They can't deny exactly when you show them, well, I have this, this, and this. If you don't have pictures or documentation or anything of the different, maybe the uh, electronics, the TVs, all that stuff that you have, furniture. I mean, think about it. You empty your house. How much value is in all your belongings your stuff and like yeah i mean i mean it's just <laughs> it's more than you think it's yeah it's more than you think and here's another thing a lot of insurance companies have different rates for different areas of town and city and outside the city like think if they're covered at palo verde if you're less than a mile from palo verde are you covered for radiation damage <laughs> i don't think so no no and i look at dan he came back for a couple of weeks he was green that's right. <laughs> Come on. Now, it didn't last till St. Patty's Day, though. Oh, well, you know, what can I tell you? But, uh, no, seriously, I mean, you think about that. All those things that are part of your home, you've got to take that into account. And if you don't do it on a regular basis, again, you know, and you've heard um, – uh, Chris Anderson come on the show talking about all the different properties that she buys and sells and all the belongings that are inside of it. You've got to make sure that you're covered. And sometimes the insurance company is not 
you know, your best friend, even though you're paying, you're paying for coverage, you know, sometimes when they come out. I think one of the most frustrating things, and we're going to get to talking into this a little bit after the break, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things dealing with the, with your insurance company when a disaster strikes, is that the people that come out to talk to you about your belongings and about your disaster aren't, quote, qualified to actually assess what has happened to your home. And I remember when we had, when we had uh, all that bad uh, rain and those bad storms, and actually when we had the hailstorm, we went out and I had to meet a couple of uh, inspect- uh, adjusters from insurance companies, and they came in. They pulled them in from everywhere. They pulled them in from Colorado, from New Mexico. They all came in. And the guy I talked to, his he had his laptop, and he looked real professional. But guess what? The program that he had to assess the damage of a house here in Arizona didn't have certain things in it because homes are built differently in Colorado didn't have the than they're here. Yeah. He, couldn't even, he couldn't even put something in. This house had siding on it, just regular you know, tongue and groove siding. He had nothing in his profile for tongue and groove siding. And I'm like, look, I, I, can't, I can't help you with your program. But again, this is the way the house was built. This is my quote. This is what we're going to do to restore the house. You know, you got to pay up or, you know, or the homeowner is going to have a, a big problem with this. Gee, that almost sounds like the estimator that FEMA has. One program fits all across the United States. No, not. I don't think so. Have you ever seen that one, Bill? The, the FEMA estimator for disasters? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Oh, it's a piece of work. Oh, my God. They have their own problems right now. <laughs> That's right. All right. We're going to take a short break. On the other time, we're going to talk a little bit more about dealing with the disaster and how to handle your insurance company and all the right questions to ask. So don't go away. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. Nice shot. Thanks. This room is awesome. Yeah, Debbie and I wanted a rec room, and with the way property values keep going, who can afford to buy a new place? Tell me about it. So we just had Steve over at Image Home Improvement and close the patio and make the shelf for the TV, so... So take your next shot. (laughs) Right. What about your family room? Yeah, but the kids are always playing their video games and everyone watches TV in there. I wanted my own space, and I've always wanted a pool table. How'd you talk Debbie into it? She uses it more than I do. Cheryl and I love the outside. Do you think we could just get the patio screened in? Sure. Image Home Improvement just did the Johnson's house. They love it. No mosquitoes. Exactly. And Chris says they're enjoying their outside a lot more at night. You should do it. Just go to imagehomeimprovement.com. The name says it all. Steve came over, gave us an estimate, and, well, you see how it looks. Can't tell it wasn't here the whole time. Yep. Your shot. ImageHomeImprovement.com Add to your space. Enclose your patio. Go to ImageHomeImprovement.com Most of us have our charity of choice that we give from the heart to support. Did you ever wonder, where does the money go? How much do I really know about the charity I support? Where can I go and learn more about these nonprofit organizations? Every Monday at 1 p.m., the Nonprofit Journal Live with DeSimula is your source for this information. Know the report before you support. Donate wisely, not just from the heart. Remember, Mondays at 1 p.m., the Nonprofit Journal Live with DeSimula on the Double Wide Network. Sometimes you start a project with great intentions, and then it keeps getting bigger, and nothing makes sense, and it grows out of control. 
So how do you get all the parts and pieces in sync together? Fix it. Image Home Improvement. When it's time to call in a professional, go to imagehomeimprovement.com. This is Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver of the number 48 Lowe's Chevrolet. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. We're excited. It's Saturday, and it's t- listening time for Image Home Improvement Live, and we are talking about how to deal with the disasters when they strike your home, whether it be fire, water. You know, water could come in a lot of different ways. Could be could be torrential monsoon rains. Could be a leaky roof. You know, it's amazing, Dan, how many times we get phone calls from people that know that their roof is bad, and they've been putting it off forever and ever. And guess what? Did they not think that monsoon was coming around again? Or bad rains or freaky storms blowing in from California? I mean, And now they're living with buckets. Not to mention, not to mention think about this. You know, we talk, always talk, we talk a lot about what happens here in the Southwest, but what about what happens back east or back in the Midwest? Now that with, it's going to thaw. With all this snow and everybody's worrying about their roof collapsing. I mean, I'm sure the adjusters must be going nuts over there because how many roofs have you seen collapse, whether it be a home, a business? Things are happening back there because they've had such unusual heavy amounts of snow, and the structures aren't geared to take that kind of weight. And for the folks back east, just because it didn't groan or didn't make any noise, make sure you get it checked out this year quick because – the ongoing damage once you start hitting the summer high winds and lots of heavy summer rains, she'll start leaking and squeaking because of the ice damming, because of the excessive weight on the trusses. And those trusses and that roof deck are probably pretty close to toast. That's right. I mean, you hear some some areas that have got head up to like three foot of snow. I mean, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, I mean, like that one city over there in Europe that had, what, 18 feet? Yeah, we were talking the other day. I mean, they, pictures we saw on TV where the guys, like were, the guys were digging out. The guy looks like he was a, in a cavern in Afghanistan. It looked like that much snow. He was digging a tunnel or out the, from his or house. Or they were going between, you know, uh, England and, and the European continent using a channel machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But in case you joined us late, we are here with Brian Molino and Elaine Gonzalez from uh, Lost Consultants, LLC, and we're, they are public adjusters and probably one of the best friends that you could ever have when it comes to a major disaster in your home because sometimes, as we said, the insurance companies are not, shall we say, your best friend. They're there to deny the claim. I'll say the bad words. They're there to deny the claim. Uh-huh. If they can find anything that can kick it out of the bucket, they will. Well, you got to remember that they're working for the insurance company, and they're turning around, and they're they're trying to they're supposed to give you a fair shake. But on the other hand, too, they've got to watch out because they don't want to spend uh, they want to spend the least amount of money to settle your claim. But you know the problem that I've seen, and I'm sure Elaine and Brian have seen, is sometimes that they just they don't want to make you as whole as you should be, and that's why they're here to stand in the gap for the homeowner. It's kind of like being at the VA. You don't get that's full a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole yeah, they're other not story. there to really help you all the way. They're just kind of there to pass out some more pills and say, "Go away." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that on another show. <laughs> but anyway, I thought the I thought the president was here yesterday. He took care of all that. 
Nah, I got to get it to it. Yeah, that was a photo op. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. So we want to talk a little bit about you know dealing with the disasters with your insurance company. And I want to—I've got a perfect example for this, and I want to kind of set the stage and get uh, Brian and Lane's you know uh, comments on this because we had a call. What was it, Dan? About six months ago, and this gentleman oh. who uh, we had a bad rainstorm. He lives in Mesa, and he had obviously he had some roof issues. And actually, our, yeah, some- actually, our our good sponsor, Keiko Roofing, had gone out. Actually, uh, had estimated the roof because he had probably had water damage everywhere. Oh God! And uh, that's when I got the call for the restoration of the interior, and we went out and looked at it. Not only did he had problems from the roof, but the thing that really got me was when you walked outside. He says, "Let me take you outside and look, show you what the water did to the pool." So he's got this huge pool in his backyard. That was built back in the mid to late 70s. It was a fiberglass pool. And it was a fiberglass insert that was like they dug a hole in the ground and they dropped the fiberglass insert in and it was fine. But everything was going along fine. But just about a week or so before the storm, they emptied the pool because they were going to resurface it. Okay, so now here comes the big storm. It blows water. The rain, this is one of those, you know, horizontal rain driving rains and it's mm-hmm. driving water all over the cool deck. Well, what happened because there was no water in the pool, obviously fiberglass flexes, obviously water got between the cool deck and the pool and filled the gap underneath between it. And before you know it, all of a sudden, the pool went like this. The pool lifted it up, lifted to up the, on to, one side. To the bottom of the slide. Yeah, the slide is the only Almost thing that 18 stopped, inches. stopped it from really tilting otherwise it could have really been tilted it looked like it was probably would have capsized in the ground well you could tell a lot of the pipes had popped that were connected to the pool from the pump you could just see it was just twisted off you know and then obviously you know he was telling me i said so what did the insurance company say about this issue and they said that it wasn't covered because it wasn't it wasn't like a broken pipe from the pool because it was rain from the sky that didn't make it. It wasn't. It wasn't groundwater from from water servicing the pool. And he's sitting there. I'm like, okay, so isn't there anything that you could do about this? And I talked to I talked to several different people, and they, and they he checked his policy, turned around, he says, no, there's nothing I could do about it. So he's got this big hole in his ground outside with this fiberglass with, and and he probably I don't think he has the money to replace it. He may have to park the pool. No, well, you know what? I think what he's going to do is he's going to turn around and uh, probably if he does have the money to do a pool, he's going to have to do a brand new pool, but he's surely not going to do a fiberglass insert. I don't think no. anybody does no, fiberglass d- inserts anymore, at least new. And they turn around, he's going to have to fill it. Those are out of style like bell-bottom pants. <laughs> well, you know. Did the they were, have any effect on that pool? Huh? The what? Did wind have any effect on that? I pool? don't think so. I think it was no. purely water that purely happened water. where it tilted up. In fact, some of the and a negative negative grade towards the back of the house. I found that. Yeah, okay. that was part of the problem because everything at the front was actually running back towards the back of the house. You know, because just, of all the changes in landscaping through the years, it's just it just all went the wrong way. Yeah. Well, it just seems that you know there would have been something, but again. That's a perfect example. If it wasn't, like you said, if it's not covered, why didn't he go back and, you know, get it covered? Why didn't he go back and make sure that, you know, that the pool was covered under the insurance policy? And God forbid, I'm sure he probably never thought that this issue was going to happen. 
But the problem was maybe we don't know. He said it was only a week, but suppose it was longer and there was no water in the pool, and you could see it was all completely the coloring. It was down to the fiberglass. You could see it. Yeah, you could see the frailable parts of the fiberglass. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't in the greatest of shape, but the problem is, you know, it is what it is, as they say. You know, you don't know. Well, your your policy will cover other structures, and that's what the pool falls under. And the coverage is basically 10% of the uh, policy limit on the structure. So if you have $200,000, you have 20000 for other structures, which would cover the pool. The problem being is that the runoff water from the storm is what heaved the pool and moved it. That That's, that's land, and that's something that's probably not covered. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know. Now, if it was full water and something happened. That'd be a different that'd be, story. That might be a different yeah, story. But so. the fact that he had it emptied to do some work on it. Just bad timing. Yeah, just bad timing and the, the luck of the draw. But you know, but because everything comes down to an insurable event. It's not really the result; it's the event that triggers the coverage. Whether it be a storm, fire, electrical shorting, mm-hmm. pipe break, that sort of thing. Yeah, and obviously, one of the first things that you need you need to do right away is if you know once. Once the storm passes, obviously, and you go see it, assess what happened to your home, is make a phone call right away. Don't li- don't wait like weeks before you call the insurance company and say, "Hey, this happened." Because again, uh, they're going to wonder why you waited. In return around, and you never know. Sometimes, if you wait too long, it could the, negate some of your coverage. Yeah, there's deadlines in some of these contracts that these people write. You know. And again, it, at that moment in time, probably after you assess the first thing you're going to do is want to pull out, pull out and look for your coverage and see exactly what's covered, what, you, what you've got. And you're going to say, oh, my God, I'm naked. Yeah, well, you know, that's what could happen. You could be you I ain't know. covered. I'm naked. You could be you could be naked and then you could be in a world of hurt. Well, the problem is, too, and we say it all the time, Elaine and I, most people aren't in control of their claim. Because they really don't know what the adjuster is going to do and what they're going to offer. They have no agreements. Adjuster comes out. He looks at it. He sends you his estimate and says, that's what I'm paying. And a lot of times you're not in control to even know what's covered and what isn't and what's missing and those sort of things. So, Or even when they show up and they don't. Right. And, <laughs> and you do have to be a licensed adjuster by the state of Arizona to be able to negotiate a claim. Contractors often say they can. They can't. Um, I'm sorry to say inspectors can't can't. either. No, but we can point out a heck of a lot of stuff. Absolutely, yes. From point of views that we have is we go through and say, this was a normal state. This is a broken state. This is a dangerous state. Exactly. So, yeah, to Brian's point, um, a lot of people do not have control of their claim. Um, Once you hire us, I mean, right as soon as we send our notice of representation, you're guaranteed almost 10% an increase right then. There you go. Right. So it only, and you know, our consultations are free. So if people are still a little reluctant and they're not sure, it doesn't cost you anything to talk with us. You know, if anything, you're going to gain more knowledge out of the discussion than not. So Yeah, it's, it's amazing when, you know, as, as, as we try to do every week, trying to educate the homeowners on things to take care of their home. Again, we talk about at the beginning of the year, talking about getting your home in order. And this is another perfect thing to be able to go review. You get your house, you know, decluttered. You go find all your policies. You go get them checked out. And most importantly, your insurance policy to make sure that it is covered because you just you just don't know 
when disaster strikes, especially you know, thinking in Arizona, oh, what could happen? I live in the desert. Well, for anybody who's lived out here for as long as we have, and I've been here since 89, a whole lot can happen in the desert when you least expect it, especially with some of these monsoon storms and even some of the freaky rains that we get. Because if the weather's as freaky as it is back in the Midwest and in, in the East, think about what happens out here. It may, we may not get snow, but we surely get some squirrely kind of wind as well as the, the famous haboobs. <laughs> They come in from the Huge southeast. Dust storm. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to take a short break. When we kind of come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the benefits of having a public adjuster take care of your disaster. And I have to tell you, working it from a contractor's point of view, having a public adjuster will, even in the midst of a disaster, will give you the homeowner peace of mind. Don't go away. You're listening to the Double Wide Network, where you can host your own radio show. If you're looking for a way to get out your message, welcome to the future. Dave Pratt's Double Wide Network offers you the opportunity to use our state-of-the-art studio to create your very own radio show. Our experienced and helpful production staff will help you every step of the way. Our free mobile app allows your listeners to take your show with them and play it live or on demand. Even if you're not in Arizona, we've got you covered with Skype technology so you can broadcast from anywhere in the world. Whether you're in it to grow your business, make a statement, deliver a message, or just have fun hosting your own show, the Double Wide Network can make it happen. The Double Wide Network always has your show ready to go. For more information, just visit us at doublewidenetwork.com. When you buy a car, you want to see that car's history, whether it's new or used. Why should buying a home be any different? DEC Inspections can provide you with the inspection you need to have peace of mind when purchasing your next home. Call today, 602-308-8722. That's 602-308-8722. If you've been thinking of replacing or upgrading those kitchen cabinets or appliances in your home, even though they're still in good shape, then I have a solution for you. Stardust Building Supplies is a 501c3 organization recycling such things as kitchen cabinets, toilets, doors, windows, tubs, and more. Remember, one man's trash is another woman's treasure. They have three convenient valley locations, 51st Avenue and Northern in Phoenix, Alma School and Broadway in Mesa, and 40th Street and Thunderbird in Phoenix. Net profits from Stardust stores support their Angels on Call program, which provides free home repairs to qualified low-income homeowners in the Phoenix metro area. Last year, Angels on Call helped over 100 homeowners with their necessary home repairs. Let's do our part for the green movement. Give Stardust Building Supplies a call today, 480-668-0566, or visit them on the web at stardustbuilding.org. This is Amber Sullins, Chief Meteorologist for ABC 15 News. Nightly, I update you with the most up-to-date and accurate forecasting of our valley's weather. The most accurate and cutting-edge information for your home can be found here every Saturday morning with Steve Dubell and Image Home Improvement, live on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back, and you are tuned in to Image Home Improvement live right here on the Double Wide Network, and we're talking about... How to take care of when disaster strikes in your home with Brian Molino and Elaine Gonzalez from 
excuse me, Loss Consultants, LLC. And, um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to get into a little bit, and we were talking during the break, um, code issues. Obviously, when disaster strikes and you've got to do rebuilding, there are code issues that come up. And uh, the insurance company loves to step away by saying it's not code. Or when it's time to rehab, well, we don't have to bring it up to code. Well, it's got to be done. But when the city person stood right there and said, let's get this up to speed. Here's what I want, X, Y, and Z. And if it's not on paper, Bill? Correct. Uh, a lot of times what insurance companies, if you have the coverage, which hopefully everybody should, hmm. um, when you're in the process of rebuilding and they're inspecting your home and the city inspector comes in and says, I want this done, this done, this done. We need it up to 2012 building code or whatever the issue is. Um, and the your contractor does it. Then you submit those additional costs to the insurance company. They said, well, where's the order from the city to do that? Well, the city already required it because the inspector came out. So you really need to get the proper documentation and have the city inspector list things out. when Put, he- it, on the, put it on the stop tag. Yep, put it on the or the correction tags and keep yeah. those because make several it can, copies. It adds up to several <laughs> thousands of dollars that insurance companies are famous to say, "Hey, if you don't have the documentation from the city, how do we know it's required?" Exactly. You got to be able you got to be able to and again, another benefit by having a public adjuster. Again, time savings is important because especially when Disaster strikes, you want to be able to go back and get it restored as fast as possible because, you know, you, your routine's been disrupted. You're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? Here's one of the most, uh, for most people, it's the biggest investment of their life it is their home. And now they've got it all in turmoil because they've had, you know, rain come through or maybe you've had uh, an issue with, uh, you know, groundwater. Maybe you've had a cracked slab. Who knows what's been going on? Maybe you've had Dan come in and... Walk in the house, and then all of a sudden, he spr- house springs a leak. Oh, my God, what happens then? <laughs> but, uh, again, time savings. You want to get it done as fast as possible. But I think one of the things that are so important is that uh, Brian and Lane could come in, and they have done this and are so experienced in it. They catch things that even the insurance adjuster misses. Because, again, much like contractors, just because you're licensed doesn't mean that you're good. And, I mean, just from some of the stuff Brian and I have worked on, some of the things that I've learned that he knows in in catching some of these things is just, I mean, it's far beyond what the homeowner could even think. And I can imagine some of the adjusters that you guys have spoken to are kind of like you have to exercise a little patience and tolerance because, you know, shall shall we say their knowledge isn't up to this, to your speed? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably fair. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, well, I've tried to be nice here, you know. And it's all in the details. It's all yeah. in drilling down the damage and making sure before you start tearing apart the house that you have that agreement with the insurance company. And you don't want to start, as we said, we want to get our clients back in their homes as quick as possible. But on the same token, we need to make sure that their loss is quantified and agreed to and we've captured all the damage and the insurance company's paying for all the damage, then they can go through the process of finding the right contractor to fix it. Right, right. There's so many times where the insured has hired the contractor before knowing what they're going to get. And then the contractor then at the end is trying to get us involved to get the rest of the money 
so they can do finish the work or do the job properly. And, you know, getting involved at any point is obviously a good idea to have a PA on your side, but it's always best to have us on board from the beginning because they'll come in, set the reserve, and then for us to come in and, and increase that reserve isn't not to say that it can't happen. It just takes a lot more work. That's right. Yeah, and, and you could tell from, for instance, being a contractor, I I I kind of scratch my head to figure out how, why anybody would go into a situation. I mean, obviously, if you want to fix, I could see somebody who wants to get the job, but also fix the home. But then if you don't know from a contractor standpoint, that okay, I know that the insurance company is going to come through. Okay, here's my here's the bill, and there's going to be stuff that we're going to find along the way that they're going to cover it. Not that you know at the end of the project, you know. You know, the contractor's left standing there waiting for money, and now it's like, hey, well, wait a minute. Is the insurance company going to pay for all this? I mean, that's got to be – you got to know that just to, for peace of mind. The one that's really fun is the insurance company comes through and looks at, like, some bathroom cabinets and say, oh, that's just $100. Huh? Where do you find cabinets for $100 that are not reused? I mean, what you know, what planet did they come from with their numbers? That's right. the one I always ask. And if they match the other bathrooms, you know, they've got to consistently oh, match. Oh, well, you know, we had one. We had one. It was a small one that had – it was it was a leak under the sink. And the insurance company came in and they looked at it and they were like, well, you know, they only wanted to replace one or two cabinets. So I came in. I'm like, the stuff was so old. You, can't, you really – unless you have a, have a great cabinet person – which I do have to actually can match stuff really good. You can't go back in and and match it. The average cabinet maker will go back and say, "Hey, you know, I can't go back and do this. Let's just let's just take him out." He wanted to actually give um, pay for just like one or two boxes and expect it to to you know. To try, even if it doesn't match well, it's close. We'll replace the boxes. He didn't even pro- I had to go back. He and didn't say, even provide for the mold remediation. No. He, well, you know, and the insurance company will turn around. I mean, mushroom. They will turn around, and I haven't seen an insurance company take responsibility for that yet at all. It's it's like the remediation cost the homeowner had to pay for, but the restoration costs got paid by the insurance company. Yeah. So just, I mean, that's it. Was probably their vendor. <laughs> probably but you know what we had to do is we went back and we we said okay let's just because you know they it, she gave up this is the problem if you don't get a public adjuster involved and if it's a if it's a claim that's maybe not that big the problem is that the homeowners left like holding the bag, holding the bag because the insurance companies say okay i'm only going to give you this much what are you going to do what are you going to do you stand there and pound your fist on a desk because you don't have anything, you don't have anything to substantiate your your case. And that, it comes back to where, under the principles of indemnity, your home should be in the same condition it was prior to the loss. You didn't have mismatch cabinets. You didn't have mismatch floors, yeah, tile, and, carpet. So it all needs to be uniform like it was before. Absolutely. And uh, I've had to go to some extremes sometimes where they only wanted to pay for half a roof, which was going to be a different color. Or only pay for half the cabinets, the lowers, not the uppers. And I've actually gotten real estate experts to come in and tell me, okay, what was this house worth the day before? Now, if I do this and I have now a checkerboard of materials, right. where's the loss in value? 
It's uh, it happens, and, and it's, it's going to be it's going to happen. It's steep. It's going to be substantial. And Kitchens we've are had to the use number those one area of arguments that gets you value, which are yeah. basic damage arguments. But we had to go to that extreme to get the insurance company to pay it. Yeah, I mean it's just something that again you've got to be able to go back and have. It have somebody standing in the gap for you because if you don't understand what's going on, and you could, like I say, this lady just kind of like gave up. She just gave up. She just couldn't deal with it anymore. She just, you know, just, you know. Well, that's part of their tactic too. It's like they, they, they delay, 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 and then you give up and you're like, fine, I'll just deal with it. And they don't know who we are, or what we do. Uh, so bottom line, our job is to fully indemnify the, the insured for his loss and bring him back to a pre-loss condition. And there's so many other components to the claims that we work through that people wouldn't even fathom, you know, debris removal is one of them. Asbestos abatement is another. So we, the list goes on and on basically. Yeah. And then there's lead and then you have to moon suit up for the lead and all that other stuff. There are the, you know, the requirements and safety and asbestos that all have to be dealt with. And then if there is lead in the house, there has to be a sign-off because if the federal government comes back and says, oh, this house is that age, show us your abatement tag. Show us your certification that it was done the way it's supposed to and all your hazmat and where you had it dumped, all the way back to where you dumped the stuff. It can get really touchy. And there are a lot of commercial policies. There's house flipper policies. There's certain policies that – absolutely exclude asbestos, whether it has to be removed because of the loss or not. Now, most of them we've been able to successfully get paid, but now they're coming out with such strict exclusions because of the dollars to do the abatement. So that's another reason, you know, we'll be glad to take a look at your policy and tell you where the shortcomings are, and then the owners can make an intelligent decision whether they want that coverage or not. You could buy it, but... One thing, when you purchase that, probably nobody told you that's not covered. Yeah. That's why I think And then you know. when you have a loss, you can't go back and say, you know, I really wanted that coverage. Can I have it now? It <laughs> doesn't happen. Doesn't and that's work. why they should double check to see if they've got an older home in here in the Valley, to see if they have the lead or the asbestos still in their home. Well, yeah. one of the problems is, too, is that on older homes, your good hands people, people like that, they won't insure you for codes because they know. So they, they don't offer it. If your house is a certain age, like 1970 pre, it won't be in your policy. And now if you bought a house with a room addition, now you have a fire, in, you don't have that code coverage. You just had a big fireplace. So <laughs> That's need, right. My point is, if, if it's not covered, find another insurance company that, that will cover it. Exactly right. And then we're gonna, there's, we're gonna, we're gonna, there's many of them. We're going to take a break. When we wrap up a couple of things on the other side with Brian and Elaine, so I want everybody to stay tuned. Don't go away. You are tuned into Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double Wide Network. Monsoon season has passed, but the early January and February rains will soon be here. And if you have an older roof, it's just a matter of time before the leaks start appearing as water stains on your home ceiling. Do your home a favor and call Keiko Roofing for their free roof inspection. Their qualified professionals will check your roof and show you where your roof may soon fail or is failing. Keiko Roofing is committed to providing quality service along with the best roofing products. Whether you have a foam, flat, shingle, or tile roof, give Keiko Keiko Roofing Systems a call today.
today. 602-944-4600 or keikoroofing.com. Have you been looking for information on your home improvement project? Maybe you've been seeking the right contractor for your remodel work. Don't know which way to turn? Image Home Improvement Live has all those answers and more. You can always catch this contractor doing great work and sharing the best in home improvement information. Remember, Image Home Improvement Live, Saturdays from 8 to 10 on the Double Wide Network. Your answer to all your home improvement needs in the digital age. If you've been thinking of replacing or upgrading those kitchen cabinets or appliances in your home, even though they're still in good shape, then I have a solution for you. Stardust Building Supplies is a 501c3 organization recycling such things as kitchen cabinets, toilets, doors, windows, tubs, and more. Remember, one man's trash is another woman's treasure. They have three convenient valley locations, 51st Avenue and Northern in Phoenix, Alma School and Broadway in Mesa, and 40th Street and Thunderbird in Phoenix. Net profits from Stardust stores support their Angels on Call program, which provides free home repairs to qualified low-income homeowners in the Phoenix metro area. Last year, Angels on Call helped over 100 homeowners with their necessary home repairs. Let's do our part for the green movement. Give Stardust Building Supplies a call today, 480-668-0566, or visit them on the web at stardustbuilding.org. The following takes place between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. And now, here's Steve. All right, we are back, and you are tuned in to Image Home Improvement Live right here, and we want to remind everybody... Uh, in two weeks, we will be at the uh, home, ex- home Expo and Furniture uh, Expo up in Westworld in Scottsdale. We're going to be doing our show live from up there, so make sure you come by with. I want to hear from people with your homeowner horror stories. And if you've got a current one and you need help dealing with the insurance company, we've got the team here today in studio to be able to help you. Brian Molino and Elaine Gonzalez from Loss Consultants LLC. We're going to be talking about, we've been talking about how to uh, deal with some of the insurance companies, especially when they're supposed to be uh, your friend, <laughs> but uh, it's not, they're not your friend in the long run because they're only trying to, to get away with the least amount of money paying for restoration and they want you to accept what the, comes down the pike and what they want to offer. And that's one, one of the things that I want to, you know, uh, wrap up our conversation with is talking about, you know, uh, things that the, uh, for instance, when uh, loss home, of use. Yeah, when a homeowner, yeah, loss of, you know, there's so many different things. Loss of use of your home. Um, a lot, I've spoken to homeowners when they turned around and they didn't even know that the insurance company was supposed to pay you for. You know, when you have to pack up all your stuff and move it, put it in storage, and then actually put it back, there's, there's allotments for that. Some people just don't know that they're entitled to it. So I think that's the educational process that people need to know. If you've got, you know, you know how when you walk in somewhere and you think that you're getting, get that uneasy feeling that you're getting stuck by somebody who's trying to, do something you're like being leapfrogged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're feeling that way. You know, then it's time to, you know, you 
your gut is trying to tell you something. Well, you need to call Elaine and Brian to actually get them involved in your issues because, believe me, you sit down and have a consultation with them about things that have been going on with the insurance company and things that you're entitled to, it will be a learning experience, absolutely, without without a doubt. Because you've got to know, if you have rights, how many, Elaine, how many people have you spoken to that sometimes don't even really know their rights as a homeowner in relationship to what to ask the adjuster to restore their home? Oh, I'd, I'd say a really high percentage. In fact, many don't even know who their carrier is. You show up and they're like, well, I don't even know who my insurance company is. Part of that problem is that they maybe got their mortgage through a broker. It's through and, the title company. Yeah, yeah. and they and were... they don't know where it got assigned. Yeah, and, and they didn't make the call to their agent to get the coverage. And a lot of these people are new homeowners, you know, and so, yeah, I would say a good majority of people don't know where to start at all. So when the air conditioner burns down the house, they don't know where to go. They don't know where to go. Right. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Brian, Brian, you got to tell, you got to tell the listeners the story that you, we talked about during the break about moving the dryer. Cause this is something, this is again, a homeowner with tools and a little bit of knowledge could be a really, really big dangerous thing. Tell us the listeners about the, the, the dryer move. Yeah. My client, they had bought a house that someone had just flipped and they bought it as is. And, when they did the uh, remodeling, they had moved from the hall closet, the washer and dryer, to the garage. So whoever did the flip on the house or did the repairs, they rerouted the uh, 220 line through the attic. Well, they came up short about four feet. So somebody, obviously not an electrician Some genius. or a licensed Some electrician, ge- Some cut genius. the line. And I use that word. No, it was Palo Verde Bob. There you, there go. you go. And they spliced the line with an orange extension cord, not oh. even rated for 220. Oh, my God. And the people moved in. They were happy. They, they got their house finally. And. Two months later, caused the fire. See, now we talk about fire all the time when people right. don't go in and do maintenance to clean out their their their, their, ducts. their duct line to get all the, the lint out of their dryer vent, right? Here, a piece of wire. Dan, you've seen wires oh, up in attics. You've seen, you, I still I mean, had that one piece you saw that was so, actually actively burning in the attic across the truss. It was regular uh, wire you'd pull through a conduit. It was laying open and c- cooking. In the attic, yeah, and it was headed right towards a nice, you know, combustible source. And I see that so often. And then also panels that have melted bus bars. When you have a melt or scorch on a bus bar, just like our man from Mister Electric says, "Get me out there, let's place it now." That's well, yeah, because you know what, the insurance company on a panel like that can walk away. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question: If if somebody, for instance, is purchasing new insurance for their home. And the company's out out there, and they're going to write a policy for it, okay? As far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, okay, they don't send anybody out to inspect the home before they write the policy? No, no. not normally at all. Not normally. So if they, if they were going to insure a house like Dan had found, they would have just insured it sight unseen, and they would have wrote a policy on it, and then guess what happens if it goes up in flame? Then they could say, all of a sudden, now you're a bad risk. Well, that just doesn't seem logical that if I was going to write a policy and put my name on the line that and and fulfill a disaster, that they wouldn't want to know what they were dealing with from the start to have a base. Well, with that house that Bill's talking about, where's the home inspector? Why didn't they do one? Or if they did, 
Is he still in he missed business? It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he I, didn't I, go that far. He, he didn't do he that. He didn't extra. go very deep. He, he no. didn't go. He did. He was what I call a, a lid lifter. Just lifted the lid to the attic and said, "Yep, there it is," and okay. just let it flop back down. Right. Because I do the full crawl. You'll find my card at the yeah. end of the attic. <laughs> yeah, I would want you as my home inspector. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something, Dan's. Got, we 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 talked about this uh, <clears throat> during the week. That Dan sometimes, you know, he's a great home inspector, but sometimes. Uh, realtors uh, term him the deal killer. That's right. Because he finds stuff that other people don't. I'm called Dr. Death. Dr. Death. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good to be thorough, especially, yeah. when, like you said, when yeah. someone's purchasing something. But that's why I'm still in business. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's their home. And you want to make sure it's yeah. a good home for yeah. them. That's right. So that's that's honorable. Now, Elaine, tell what other red flags should people be aware of when dealing with their insurance company? You know, when disaster strikes, what kind of other things besides obviously that gut feeling that something's wrong? Oh, you know, there's a combination of things and I can't really just pinpoint on one. I think more importantly, the insured really just needs to understand who we are, what we do. Many times the carrier will send out an independent adjuster who works for different carriers and he may not know the provisions of each carrier. So if you can just get somebody on your side to at least consult with, have a, an intelligent educational conversation where we explain to you what each of these, you know, your coverage A, B, and Cs are, your A, Bs, B, and Cs, basically, you'll understand it more than you wish you had. And again, just just be thorough, understand what your policy coverages are, um, talk to your broker, your agent. Um, a lot of times your people are overinsured and they don't even they're paying for something that they're not even going to use. So more when you first buy your house, make sure you at least seek us out, look on our website, talk to your agent like I said. Red flags, you know, they can come in all shapes or forms. A lot of times they make you think they're they're going to pay for something and have you submit your invoice and then at the, at the end of the day they just decline it. And you know that you had you did the work and you had to pay for something out of pocket that they never had an intention of covering covering to begin with. Yeah, I mean that's just it's just amazing that they decide that they they treat people in that way. It it it's just wrong. I mean I don't understand why they they think that they're going to stay in business. I I can't remember one customer that I've done restoration work for that didn't say when they're done with when we get done with the claim. <coughs> that they're done with the insurance company because they're just going to go elsewhere and try and find a better one. Yeah, and at the end, you do want to go shop it around and, and get uh, by that. If you're overinsured at the beginning, you're probably adequately insured once your claim is done if you have somebody like us on board. Yeah. So you do want to go back out and shop your your rate a little bit and get understand your coverage limitations and what those mean and your endorsements and the, you know, all yeah, because the, the your insurance company every time you renew your policy, will throw some small print in on something and change something. Right, or they'll you've send, got to you've got to know that. Yeah, you know? they'll send yeah. some amendment out throughout you know the middle or the beginning. It or looks the end like junk mail, and you threw it. Yeah, you don't look at it, and it's it's something excluding something that you were paying for. They no longer cover. So yeah, if your dog bites the mailman, you're now at, you're not at risk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. You know, one thing before we wrap, I've got to make a comment about this. One of the things that. In in one of the process, pro, uh, the uh, restoration work that we're doing, we had the mortgage company sent out an independent. I, I don't want to call him an adjuster, but it just seemed like 
if, if I be frank, it, it sounded like he was a gopher. He came out with a pad and a pen, and I had to meet him, and he turned around, and he says, okay, well, explain to me what got done. And I felt like I was teaching, I was being a teacher, because this guy had no clue Progress what I was inspector. talking about. Progress inspector. Yeah, right, thank you. This guy, this guy had no clue, and I'm like thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Am I the first guy out there? Because I'm expect- and he's looking at me, and I'm I'm looking at his facial expressions, and I'm being very detailed because I want to make sure that this guy knows that this is done, and I want to get paid. And this guy's looking at me like uh, like a deer in headlights. He has no clue what I'm explaining to him. The RCA dog looker. And he, yeah, and he ran. Yeah, and he ran. Uh, Dan's dating himself again. He well. ran, <laughs> and you know, he looked at me like I was just like, okay. Okay, and when by the time I got done, and he, and he said he shows me he shows me the piece of paper where we're all done. He says, "Okay, take a look at this and tell me tell me if uh, you know I got everything covered." I couldn't even read his scribble. How Do- the hell am I going to know what bark, he did? Bark, ducky Not goes mention, quack quack. How is he on it? <laughs> how is he going to go back unless he transcribes what he wrote to give to the insurance company? Transcribbles to un- yeah, transcribble to understand what I did. So well, it's just progress like, pictures hello. should have been sent along the way. So he that did take he, pictures. I will take that. He did take pictures. No, no, I'm, I'm saying prior to him oh, getting no. there. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I don't think he saw them because this was because I asked him. I said, and the next guy that comes out will be a different. It'll be a different guy. It's to be a different guy. And I asked him. I said, you know, do you do is do you work for the mortgage company? No, he's just an independent. In fact, the guy told me he he was um, he was from New York. He was retired. He was just doing something to, you know, pass the time. And he even told me he wasn't getting paid a whole bunch of money for what he was doing. Yeah, he no. basically goes out there and fills out some forms so that uh, and reports back to the mortgage company as to the progress of the job. Right. So they can release more money to finish the job. Right. Right. So and it's just the, the problem is he probably has no real knowledge or knows even the amounts of money and time you spent doing things. See. You just kind of have to be patient with yeah, those Yeah, that's people. all you can do. you got to be patient. But it's a delay process, too, because the mortgage companies hold on to the money for a long time. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, guys, I appreciate you being on the show today. How could our listeners contact you? Basically, you could uh, go to our website, www.llssllc.com, 1-800-786-9394. All right. And, guys, thanks so much. Elaine Gonzalez. And Brian Mello, thanks for being on the show, uh, being back in studio. Elaine, this is your first time. Yeah. But, guys, not the last. We appreciate you, and we'll uh, we'll have you back on here probably when the monsoon hits because there's going to be plenty of claims coming your way. They probably won't be that available, Steve. Well, <laughs> well, we thank you for having us today. All right, guys, thank take you. care. All right. Just, Dan, you know, just the public service we love to do here on Image Home Improvement Live. That's right. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk with Lou Amoroso and John Ray from the hit Discovery TV show, Property Wars, and how to learn how to fl- flip your home. I can't get uh, away from that word, house. Dan. How to flip the house. How to flip your house. Don't go away. Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric. 
a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480-503-1339. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. This is Chris Grundy, host of DIY Network's Cool Tools. Now, if you need home improvement help, you need to listen to Image Home Improvement Live with Steve Dubell every Saturday morning, baby. Woo! All right, we are back, and you are listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here on the Double Wide Network, and we'd like to welcome to the show uh, Lou Amoroso from Property Wars, and as an added bonus, along with Lou, John Ray is with us. John, Lou, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, nice to be guys. here. Great to have you guys here. Tell us a little bit about Property Wars, because I know a lot of people, even, even though the show has been on the air for a little while, I see stuff all the time on Facebook. Tell our listeners a little bit about the show and how you guys got started with it. Well, shameless plug, uh, we're on Netflix. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> a shameless plug for Netflix, okay. Yeah. Just, I, know, I know a lot of people love Netflix. J- just so you know, we don't get anything off of that. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. But if you want to see us, we're still on Netflix. So. All right, that's great. All no right. new episodes, though, just the old ones. But. Okay, all right. A lot of good stuff. So tell us a little bit. Lou, tell us, the first time you've been on the show, yes. tell us a little bit about your background and how, how you were approached by the network. What happened was I was, uh, I was downtown bidding, and someone approached me and says, would you like to be on the show? And I'm looking at him. A show? What kind of show? A reality show. A reality show? Really? About what? Houses. Houses. Uh, I don't know. I have to talk to Scott first. And he says, how about we do a little taping you and Scott. I says, all right, let me talk to Scott first. Because Scott doesn't like any newcomers coming into his office. He'll throw me and you out. <laughs> uh, and I kind of talked to Scott, and Scott says, no. I says, come on, Scott. You got to do it for me. I want you know, a reality show you. He goes, oh, he's shaking his head. Oh, Lou, come on. I said, please, Scott, do it for me. All right, bring him in. So I brought him in. We did a little thing together, and they kind of called us in about a few days and told us we're in. Okay, but now you had there were four teams of of people on the show. You guys were just one. John, you were you were part of number two, and Doug obviously Doug Hopkins is part of number three. Um, how did all of that come together? How did they did they pick all of you guys no, just the same way? No, Steve. They actually what they actually did was they interviewed about I'll say about twenty five teams. Yeah, they interviewed some other guys that were it wasn't active just at, us, the, yeah. at the courthouse too. Yes, but yeah. obviously they picked the best characters. Oh, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I told them it's kind of ironic because. You know, what people don't realize is we're all real estate guys. We're not actors. We're not reality TV show guys. And I told them no also. You know, so we're in the beginning, we're all like, reality show? Yeah, really? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. You know, we got too much real estate to buy. We've got, we're busy doing this. We don't have time for this reality show crap. But, <laughs> you know, they kept coming and, and, you know, they kind of told us the concept. And I guess what they were trying to do was at that time, Storage Wars 
was the number yeah. one show. Yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah, that was hot. Reality TV show was hot. So they were trying to create something similar to Storage Wars, and they found out what we did at the courthouse and how we bought property sight unseen and thought, how interesting that this might be. be. Yeah, absolutely. And then they found characters like Lou and Scott. Right. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, or I should say, depending on how you look at it, fortunately, you know, you, see, you know, Scott seemed to be the punching bag of the show. Deservedly so. Everybody. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, the one thing that I always remember Scott saying. The biggest problem I see in the East Valley is called Doug Hopkins. And, you know, he's always banging on Doug. He's always banging on Doug. You know, him and Doug just never seem to get there's, together. There's no love between Scott and Doug. There uh, never was. Yeah, people don't understand that there's, you know, there was a lot of history before this show was even there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's what makes it good. I mean, the, the confrontation about and the and the way things, uh, the competition, which always seemed to like when I first saw it, I actually had because I actually had met uh, Doug. Out at uh, through a friend of mine who did some investing out in the East Valley, and uh, my friend invited me to his uh, grand—I should say—the grand opening, um, the the grand preview of it, the first time it was on Discovery, and uh, I think it was it was in the. Um, a sports club, yeah, a in, sports bar. yeah a sports yeah. bar over in Mesa, yes. and I got a chance to meet Doug, and we talked a little bit, you know. And uh, I, the show actually it grabbed me immediately because obviously being a construction and what goes on in talking with customers, we've been in business for like twenty four years now, doing remodeling and restoration work, and it's just saying, wow, look, people are going to grab hold of this and wonder, hey, is this for me? And that's one of the things we want to get into on the show today. We'll be talking here in a little bit. About, you know, if you are interested in, you know, buying homes and flipping them and, and making money in that way, we're going to give you some great tips on all of that happening here, you know, in, during our segment. Yeah, but it's not a matter of knocking on the garage door and seeing the right stuff. Well, now there. that was Scott saying, Scott, I always, when I first saw, I almost, ro- thank God I wasn't driving. I almost rolled on the floor when I saw Scott being a garage door whisperer, listening to see if he could tell the history of the house by listening through the garage. I mean, that was just kind of that, well, ridiculous. I, I, I was listening it was funny. He truly believes it works. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John. Be nice to Scott, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're always defending that guy. Uh, he's a great guy. Scott's a great guy. Well, like, well, he's oh, got, give me a break. Uh, but he's got to do that. I mean, he works with the guy. Come on. <laughs> John. These New Yorkers all sticking together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see, me you know, and Scott are one. We're one. You know, we all right. Well, together. wait a minute. Now, now but Lou, yeah. you're from Brooklyn originally. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Where's Scott from originally from New York? Staten Island. He's in Staten Island. Yes. Okay, so oh, see, nobody ever says that from Staten Island. He's <laughs> that's like I tell people. Nobody ever says they're from Jersey. Or if you ever say something on the show and people don't understand if I say a word or something, it's like I'm the host of the show. I'm from New York. I can make up words. Lou and I, right. John, Lou and I, we're Brooklyn guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That before. That's what they said. Yeah. We're, they're Brooklyn guys. But no, seriously. But it's you, no, no. Originally, he is from Brooklyn, but then he moved on to. What Staten did he Island. do? What, I mean, I know you, you, you have history. And when you were in Brooklyn, you were a baker. I'm a baker. Yes. Okay. So obviously, what was what was Scott when he lived back in New York? Uh, Scott was always in business. He was in business uh, business with his dad. He, uh, they had uh, furniture. He was into furniture. Oh, okay. How did you, how did you guys? How did, well, how did all of you get get to Phoenix? 
for one one way or another, we all have met at the courthouse. Yes. Uh, and and yeah. believe it or not, at one time, Scott and I worked together. Lou, Scott, and I all worked together. We were in the same office. So there's a Oh, that of, must have been a joy. Oh, it was. It was. Oh, my gosh. Talk about talk about me and Scott going at it. And, and, oh, and, I loved and it. And Scott pushing <laughs> buttons and trying to get me and Lou going at oh. it. I mean, I'm telling you. Scott was Scott's one of a kind. He is awesome. Scott he just really is awesome. Awesome isn't a word I would use to describe John, John, John. There's another, there's another A word I know that I can use to describe the guy. But awesome isn't it. John, John. Be, Scott's the guy in high school, you know, that always pushed your buttons and always got beat up but would never stop, always kept coming back for more. That's Scott. You know, he just seemed that, it seemed that he would be, he seems that he was the punching bag on the show all the time just because he's Scott. Yeah, didn't you see his antics? Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, he does draw some of it to himself, yeah. just oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk he's about a, He's a real confident guy. He's totally confident. Well, obviously, he he might, he's, he's, he's successful at what he does. Very successful. So, Very therefore, successful. this, I mean, aside from all the stuff that we're making fun of. Right. Um, he's obviously a very successful guy, so he must be doing something right business-wise. And if I'm being 100% honest, I do know Scott on a personal level, and he's an amazing father. He's got a young son. And, and one thing, uh, the, uh, every time I've seen, seen Scott with his son, his son is major see, pro- now, uh, number one. So you see a different side of Scott. You see that side of Scott on the show, but he really... You know, Steve, he's a businessman. What I thought, Steve, he's a businessman. What I thought was real interesting was that w- uh, one of the episodes, I think, when he uh, got married. Right. And then I thought, well, let's see if he changes at all on the show or if he's just going to continue on like he always – Dan's shaking his head. No, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think so. Didn't happen. It no, didn't, didn't happen. happen. No, he won't change. No, he's, no. Uh, if, I believe he likes to play the part. He loves to be that guy. John, I think he John, enjoys John. it. I don't think you'd like to hear that right now. He loves being that guy. He loves being that asshole from New York. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Scott is one of a kind. I mean, when I first met Scott about 10 years ago, and we just, our friendship just took right off, really. Okay. Just, Can I tell him a funny story? Yeah, okay. I'm okay. in the office. I'm listening to Scott. He's talking to one of his tenants in one of his rentals, right? So I hear him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Listen, lady, I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if your mom is sick. If I don't get my rent money, I'm going to be sick, and the constable is going to come visit you. <laughs> and I walked into his, his office. I was like, Scott, have a heart. He's like, no, nah, you can't give him an inch. If you give him an inch, take, to take him out. They're all pigs. Get him out of the house. No, no, <laughs> Scott, no, yeah, he's, no, no, no. he's a businessman. He, 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 he talks. He talks a lot, but he has a good, believe me, deep down that <laughs> and, big hard shell, he has a nice heart. Yeah. And, he has a nice heart. And trust me, business is business. Yeah, I've but, been a bleeding heart many times and let people, you know, and then you get pushed around and you got to take your business. Well, you know, he's got to take he's got to take the bump, bumps and the bruises along with the accolades because, you know, you know, everybody was ranking on him. But yet you see him in the show every time he's driving down the road with I think he had a BMW. Right. He drive down the road looking real nice and sharp and a nice BMW. So he must be doing something right. No, no he's very successful. Come very on. Successful. Let's, let's yeah. call it. It's the laugh. It's the laugh. It's the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, you do that well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, well, yeah. He would probably do it best of all. Well, even his son made fun of him on one episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You know, anyway. talking about being successful, that's going to be tough when you try and turn these homes, actually garner a profit out of these things, yes. and not try to have, have the buyer agent, when you're selling it, knock you all the way down. And... Somebody like me, <laughs> come in, do the inspection, and is he really right, or is you know, did you get everything right? Right. 
that's got to be a, a real tough road to hoe. Yeah, now Dan has Dan has. Let me interject this because Dan, you guys don't know this, we know, but Dan is known in the realms of home inspection as the deal killer. Because yep. Dan finds Dan, Dan things wrong. Doctor Death. <laughs> Doctor Death. When I have a client from Oklahoma that calls me up, Doctor Death. <laughs> and if there's anything wrong with the house, Dan will find it. Trust me. And we've seen stuff that he's called me in on. I've gone and looked at him. He's just like Dan. Oh, one day he 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 thought we went and looked at a home together. You guys, you'd really appreciate this. I'm standing. In, I drive up in front of the house. Dan is there. He's with the homeowner. Okay. I look up at the house, and I literally see. The roof line has got like a dip in it, like this. Sway back. And, and yeah, yeah, sway back. And then the air conditioning that was up on the roof is tilted off to one side. And I'm looking at it like, what the hell is wrong with this? Did one of the did one of the rafters give away? What's going on inside? And I, I said, went outside. You see this? And Dan, Dan found some of it, but I went into the attic when I crawled up in there, got in there farther than Dan, and I got hit with all of a sudden. Um, a uh, uh, Dan Haydenism. Okay, <laughs> I got so I laughing. got so excited when I found a broken rafter. I was like, Dan, Dan, look what I found. He says, What did you see? I said, Wait a minute, let me take a picture of it. You got to see this. You're never going to believe it. Somebody went up there and actually tried to support a broken rafter. What we think happened was that in the old home there was a light, a lightweight or uh, air evap conditioning cooler. unit, evap cooler on top. And it was it wasn't a trust home, okay? So they somebody took a four by four, cut it, right. and they jammed it in between the peak of the roof and one of and one the of, center line of the and, house. Yeah, the center line of the house. That's what I could see for you know. That's what I knew, and that's why I had you come out because. And then what was wonderful about the wood they used? It was the pre-treated stuff. Oh, at oh, least they nice. used that, of course. <laughs> it's real nice. Well, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's funny you guys say that because a lot of the laymen out there don't even understand. But I just tore apart a house in old part of Scottsdale. Uh-huh. And I didn't. You know, I've been doing collar, collar uh, and Perlin. Listen, right? I've been doing this, you know, rehabbing and real estate thirty years. And my contractor says to me, um, "Hey, you know, this house was, wasn't built with trusses." No, that's like, right, huh? How is that possible? <laughs> collar and so, Perlin. So now I'm having, you know, I'm doing a major remodel here, adding square footage. So we have to redo the whole thing, which is a a complete. Surprise <laughs> and a major expense, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So, so, and I, you know, so if somebody would have said to me, you know, the houses were built without trusses back in the forties and fifties and whatever, yeah. I said you're crazy. But yeah, yeah. You no, they were absolutely, they were. You know? absolutely. Because like when so. I go in and somebody says I want to put uh, an addition onto a home, obviously one of the first questions I ask, when was it built? Not just mm-hmm. for not just for reason to get in my own head. Okay, how old is it? Mm-hmm. Obviously, if we see if I see popcorn ceilings. Okay, that that nineteen eighties date pops into my head. So anything that's like the, the big A word. That's asbestos. like asbestos. Yeah, yeah the big A word. That's yeah, right. And then the other thing too, which I'm sure you guys found a lot of. I mean, a lot of those ones is the big M word. Mold. mold, yeah, mold. You see a mold lot of that gold, happening. Yeah, love, love that mold. But mold, um, gold will spend. Mold will spend your gold. Yes. Is when, Lou, when you're down at the courthouse? Okay, is uh, can you actually tell who else is bidding on the property that you're bidding on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you kind of look around, and uh, as soon as the, the auctioneer kind of announces uh, which house he's going to sell, and you kind of kind of scan and see who the players are, and, yeah, you yeah, basically they, see right away. They all start coming closer. Oh, yeah. They kind of <laughs> all they try, approach. They try to listen in on yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. They start circling the water. <laughs> but, no, but you ask a good question because, like, Luke can tell you, you know, if he's bidding against somebody that's maybe representing Doug – just by watching, you know, uh, 
um, facial expressions yeah, and things uh, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. and just and, and just the way he's talking on the phone. And if they delay longer than normal to oh, bid again, yes. then you know they're coming closer to number. There, you, you know, know, so they're hesitating. So he's mm-hmm. on the phone telling Scott. Uh, for example, know. it's not like the show you see on a show in front of the house. It's not the show is a show. Not always like not that. always like that. I mean, uh, there's times that Scott doesn't go to the house. So he wants to know all the information that I'm seeing downtown. Who's so, bidding? Who's exactly. Who's, who's bidding? Who was the show? I forget who who was on the show that actually did that. They bid up. They it, somebody was bidding on. Was it Steve? They bid on a house and it was sight unseen. Oh, Steve did a lot of stupid things. Probably him. That yeah, was kind sure. of like I couldn't <laughs> believe that that somebody would bid that kind of money on something that was sight unseen. I mean, but, forget about seeing the inside, not seeing the outside at all. Uh, well, Scott did one of those, and uh, we bought a burnt one. Yeah, but here's, yeah. The, here's but it was only seven. It was only what seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that was but, yeah, but I yeah. told him it's a win-win because. You know, but, but it I'm, wasn't really that bad. It wasn't. It was just a bedroom that was kind of. Uh, it was more cosmetic. Than yeah, the actual structural. Yeah, it was just drywall. It wasn't really uh, well, just, it wasn't bad. Just like it was some of those older stock homes that were built really well. Though. Yes. Absolutely. Not the thin, you know, one by twos called two by fours. You know, I think one of the other things that was really good, and we're going to take a short break. I just want to let everybody know, you know, one of the things that I always enjoyed was, like, for instance, the big reveal when, when Lou and – and John would actually get to the home, and it was time to unlock the door and really see. <laughs> and I always knew a, a break's coming, but when the after the break was over, you came back, and the expression on your guy's face, sometimes you couldn't even really tell because sometimes that expression of amazement could be because it was immaculate. And on the other hand, you couldn't believe how destroyed it was. Yeah. So it's like it was like that was a great thing that I think the viewers got a kick out of, at least I did. I thought that was really good, and the anticipation of knowing, did I really make a good deal or what? I mean, it's like it's it's got to be better than going to Vegas. Yeah, because yeah. oh my oh. God, gets used for both. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some tips for you, our the average listener for the show, to get you involved in actually buying homes and knowing the a little bit of the ins and outs to kind of get your feet wet and not make some bad mistakes and fall into some of the pitfalls that you hear constantly, you know, through your friends and the media. So yeah. don't go away. We'll be right get back. Get your feet wet, but don't start your toe. There you go. <laughs> okay. If you've been putting off those plumbing repairs at home, let me remind everyone, Small problems not repaired usually become larger, more expensive problems later on. With Lawson Family Plumbing, there's no job too small or too large, and the work is done right the first time, every time. They can handle problems such as broken garbage disposals, leaky faucets, water heater repair and replacements, water softener installations, slab leak repairs, and much more. Lawson Family Plumbing should be your choice for all your plumbing needs. Give them a call today. 480-302-9928 or find them on the web LawsonFamilyPlumbing.com Remember, Lawson is awesome. Hi, this is Skip Bedell and Allison Bedell from the Spike TV hit show Catch a Contractor. We catch contractors that have left homeowners with unfinished remodeling projects and if you don't want this to happen to you listen to Image Home Improvement Live every Saturday morning 8 to 9 a.m. on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back. 
after having a very good, informative discussion with our good friends Lou Amoroso and John Ray from Property Wars. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about now about some of the tips, possibly, if you are interested in purchasing a home, if somebody wants to get started with it. I mean, I know there are a lot of seminars. Oh, John, you have some comments about that. On how should how should the listeners go? How should they get started in in buying flipped homes? Well. You know, I'd love to tell everybody it's easy. You should get out there and do it right away. But I think we all know that, you know, some of these infomercials you see and, and, you know, people coming into town speaking about how Phoenix is right for, you know, fix and flips. And I think I saw one the other day talking about how there's 6,000 properties ready currently in the Phoenix market, ready and right for fixing and flipping. Well, I think Luke and Vaj, for me, we're just fight and climb to pick up properties every single day. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. I mean, that's not even close. I mean, we, we're lucky if we pick up one or two good deals a week. You know, most of the time we're picking up deals that are somewhat marginal because everybody's working on such thin margins, you know, which comes in, which goes along with the part of making sure you have good professionals on your side like yeah. you guys, contractors, because we're having to pinch every penny to make a profit out there. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same as it used to be no. back in 2009 no. when the show hit no. the airways. No. no. In 2009, you had about five, 600 homes uh, uh, foreclosed per day. Yeah. Plus. Wow. That's plus. Uh, today, we're looking at a given day it will be uh, 10 to 15. Yeah, you got five. And that, oh. whole, and that whole thing of a shadow market? No such thing. No, there's no get shadow that, market. Get that myth well, out of your head. Yeah, you know? it's it, it, kind of interesting. I talked to a gentleman yesterday in California that is supposedly going to give me a list, and I told him I was very skeptical because I told him, you know, how many lists I've looked at that have never come through. I said, well, look at your list. So, you know, apparently, yeah, hide you know, much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all supposedly, you know, and I'm sure there is a slight shadow inventory, but not what they're saying. There's houses sitting there vacant that nobody knows what's going on with it. The banks just sitting on them. You've seen them, yeah, you know. But- you know, there's houses that are going to sale on a given day. We drive by them; they're vacant. Nobody's living in them. Then it postpones. It doesn't go to sale. And we're like, why did it postpone? You know. So there are things that are. Anomalies that we, you know, we're like, well, the house is vacant. Nobody's making the payment. It's obviously ready for foreclosure. Why did it postpone? You know, the bank wasn't ready. The trustee didn't do their legal stuff. You know, one reason or another, it didn't postpone. FHA didn't or VA didn't release it yet. Exactly. Yeah. You know, any occupied property recently were, you know, nine times out of ten postponed, postponed. the first time up, you know, because they, they try to work something out with the homeowners. So mm-hmm. so the, the market has changed quite a bit where, you know, like Lou said, where we had hundreds of opportunities at one time, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, now we're, you know, if we pick up one or two a day, it's a it's a good day. You know? Hey Steve, yeah. you know in 2009, you had homes in Surprise and no one wanted to touch Surprise. Goodyear, Buckeye, 2000 square foot homes built in 2004, 2003. Opening bid $45,000 and they were it back to the bank because nobody would touch them. Just think of it. Just because they were that far out. Yeah, well, and people were yeah. scared. And was you know? afraid. And you, you, first of all, if you really think about it, investors should have opened their eyes and says, "You can't even build for that yeah. kind of. No. You can't even yeah. buy the dirt. You, yeah. you, see, you, you can't can. buy the dirt exactly. for that kind of money. It's replacement right. costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, when you and, think about, I remember, I remember when we, I in the mid nineties when I was building my business, and I used to travel back and forth between L.A. and here. I think the only thing that was amazing was was the the racetrack out on the west side, oh, yeah. and it was nothing when you, you used to hit Buckeye. 
guy. There was nothing out there. Now, except for Paolo Verdi next. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's why Dan, Dan came back from doing some inspections over at Palo Verde a couple of weeks ago. He came in and he came back green. It wasn't even St. Patrick's Day yet. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's, where we, that's where we learned about Paolo Verde, Bob. Yes, Paolo <laughs> Verde. Could I, could I do a Scott? <laughs> I was wondering why they built that big thing on the west side of the big metropolitan area instead of because isn't the jet stream prevailing well, yeah. yeah i don't know yeah i don't know so, who did that so when that if, if anything ever was, happens isn't that going to come directly into metro phoenix absolutely i mean it, and you know, there's just nothing to stop it yeah, that's right <laughs> well when they built it it was so far away it wasn't going to matter oh yeah the only the good thing about thing. it is you know for for those of our listeners who are in phoenix Obviously, there are you know on the south end, so maybe it'll blow straight east and it'll miss the city right along South Mountains. Oh, absolutely. Well, right where they're going to build a new freeway. Well, yeah, there you go. There you go. There's another new housing project that should be interesting to watch what the city does to the rates on those homes. Yeah, that's in the path of that thing. freeway. Yeah, I, I was actually in real estate when they built. Uh, they actually uh, condemned some houses off the uh, South 202. It actually helped a lady buy another house, and her house was uh, bought by a dot. She was she had. She got fairly good market value, so she was pleased. But there were other people that weren't pleased at all. So, yeah. so I think that probably the best thing to do, obviously, for the average person who may have some you know, uh, disposable cash, to actually you know, connect with someone, obviously, like you guys, that actually have been through it and understand the market. Because, you know, I mean, I understand in construction in 24 years, you know, but I... You know, I have a little knowledge of what you guys do, but nowhere near the knowledge I would say where I would be able to go out and say, I'm going to go down and bid on a property. I mean, I mean, you've got to be able to see some people down there, Lou, who really are green. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see them all the time. And you know what? I, I'm knowledge information. I'm down there every day. I'm free information. I don't charge for my information. You can come down and I'll... <laughs> Let you know I, we're everything get about some T-shirts made for you. Don't, don't. Free info. Free info. But uh, you know, for don't, the, don't let him kid you. He's kissing babies and signing autographs. Uh, there you go. But Steve, could I input something about sure. uh, the the green guys? I mean, yeah. what I do tell them down there is that uh, hard money. Hard money is is institutional money that's really high in interest. And a seasoned investor, they use hard money. That's the only way they can buy these houses. And they buy from 50 to 60, 70 houses a year. But with hard money, absolutely, they lose on 10, 15 houses. But at the end of the day, they have more gains than losses. But for that newcomer, I plead with them all the time. Try to find a bunch of friends. uh, Do a simple contract. Pool the money. Buy the house cash. Rehab it. Because if you sit on the property... Eight, nine months, a year, a year and a half, the interest rate will not kill you. So that's the only thing I tell you, uh, the people out there, is that please do your homework, number one. Uh, Try to stay away from hard money. It's great. It's a great source, but you have to be really a seasoned investor for that. You know, I have a question. Because way back in 2009 and seven, in that era, there was a lot of people getting loans for interest only. Do we see – is that still out there, people trying to get loans for interest only, figuring they could flip them that fast? Well, I mean, most hard money loans are interest only, yes. but the high interest Oh, yeah, rate, for the high interest rate. But there are hard – the loan programs are so difficult to – you know, I mean, to unless qualify. you, yeah, yeah, to qualify, right. you know, I mean, they're they're getting more lenient, but the regular lending guidelines <laughs> no. are so no. so difficult. That, yeah, I, I it mean, it still is difficult. And then yeah. too many people. I mean, with interest only loans, obviously, that 
weren't able to turn the properties fast enough right. that they got hammered. And before you know it, that's why I think they that just attributed to all the foreclosures Absolutely. and all the people yeah. and all the bankruptcies that were happening yeah, the, for the last couple of years. Most of that was from fog fog glass loans. Yeah, if you yeah. could if you could breathe in fog glass, yeah. they gave you the loan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, well, that, that, was, was, that, was, that was terrible. That's what really that was started the downfall. The that was terrible. Walk yeah. and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has two kids that breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, all you had to do was the stated income. That yeah. was the thing. Stated, yeah, stated income. income. Yeah. Yes. How does that work? Uh, yeah, this is what I make. Really, John, how much do you make? <laughs> I make this so much. Okay, yeah. okay, sign here. Got it. You got it. Future profit. Yeah, that's just amazing. Well, if you had a pulse. You're getting a loan, basically. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, and that, I mean, it was great to be able to offer it to everybody, but but it, unfortunately, life isn't that equal. Like no. you have to, you have to be able to have something to get something. You just can't just. And I think if everybody tried that mentality of, well, we'll just give everybody the opportunity to do this, but then nobody followed through on credentials that they could pay. Exactly. Give them the opportunity, but if you can afford to do it, then you deserve it. The other if part you can't, you have people, to wait. Educating people of how to get the loan, maintain the loan, man, get the house and maintain the house. Right. Yep. Keep all those balls in the air. It's like a juggling Well, thing. what was going on, I, I remember, was a lot of people just making like twenty five or $30,000 a year. They were buying home, half a million dollar plus homes. How could you maintain that? It's impossible. It's impossible. It's you impossible. Could, I mean, well, not because, to mention because you're because you're do, doing the negative AM loan with the negative yeah. AM payment. So yeah. not only are you not making the interest payment, the interest is getting t- added on to your principal every time you made a payment. I yeah. mean, there was a ton of that. I mean, that you just want to turn around. Handy. You know, you get six months into it. Why don't you just bury me now? And it could be done because every month goes by, I'm getting more buried oh, because yeah. I can't make any payments. Those negative AM loans are. Great, you could get a you could get an eight hundred thousand dollar note, and, and your payment was twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like crazy. Yeah. But it, it was supposed to be six grand, so four grand went into your, your principal balance every month. <laughs> so. you, know, you know, one thing that we were talking about off the air before, which I think we want to let all our listeners know, is that if you you know if you do decide to flip homes, John, you were saying. I mean, obviously. You need to do, work with somebody local, and Lou, you said it yes. too. Oh, yeah. Somebody within the market, obviously, you know. And I know you had mentioned you had mentioned Doug Hopkins, one of your uh, competitors, competitors, and people on the show. However, you know, Doug is Doug does Doug actually does a good good job in in letting people know. I mean, I, you know, as much as we rag on Scott and Doug and whatever, they're all. These guys are the best of the best. I yeah. mean, these guys are the best at what they do. They know what they're doing. Doug is brilliant. Scott's brilliant. You know, when it comes to this stuff, they know what they're doing. It's, it, you know, as much as we don't like some of the personalities, we don't like some of the antics, there's a reason why Scott's successful. There's a reason why Doug's, the, you know, successful. King, king of the yeah. East Valley, as yeah. he likes to call himself. <laughs> you know? and, and when Doug is happy, he gets a property. The king is calm. calm. The king is calm. <laughs> well, and the crazy part is, like, we all we all have known each other long before this show. A lot of people, you know, with these reality shows and whatever are not really – what they do well we've you know doug uh, doug and i knew each other in real estate for years prior to he and i've worked east valley real estate for many years you know i've known scott for 10 years prior to the show being on the year lou scott and i shared an office at one time and yeah, all worked absolutely. together so you know there's a lot of history there not all good you know <laughs> and so what people see on tv is real it's not you know a bunch of guys acting you know scott and doug really do not like each other they do not like each other and it's like most competitors 
You know, the, the one mm-hmm. thing that I always, when I first saw the promo for the show, I think one of the things that attracted me, you know, that I thought Doug was really going to be a good, a good, you know, a good person on the show is when he took a cell phone and he slammed it down in the middle of the street. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, all right, passion and emotion. I love it. Oh, he's, a, he's an emotional I'm guy. Oh, I'm surprised the cell phone companies didn't pick up on that. Yeah. And if you need a new cell phone. <laughs> Don't do this. Didn't he chuck one out of his window, too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently yeah. he had a good plan. Yeah, he had insurance, but you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, some of the things that I remember, I remember in there when at the beginning when you guys were heading out, going to look at properties, and they were talking about it. Never seemed to amaze me that they always had a kind word to say about each different area yeah. that you went to, and even I'm thinking about they're going where. What? That's where you were. I never knew that they were referred to like that at night down there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, if the price is right. It's it's basically you know yeah and and certain areas are good for certain you know if you if you're looking for a good rental you know there's certain yeah. areas that are just great rental markets prices are good and the return on your investment is great because you get good rents well you, you know, know? And, you know and you think about the housing market and everybody you know you've got to you got to try and help people in all those areas because the homeless count is just you know way above where it should be so yes. if you could help people you know get into uh, yeah. something that's decent. That at least, it, you, and you know, like Dan, you know, it's not just something that's. I'm homeless? That's a structure. <laughs> no, that Dan, that Dan actually, you know, when he finds it, he finds that it's, it's, it's good. It's not falling apart. That's we don't right. want people living in homes right. that are g- almost condemned, obviously. That, that have uh, propane tanks for heating the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. oh. Uh, and uh, have stone walls, actually. Just stones Stone, stacked yeah. up for right. walls. Wow, that's Buckeye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, but we're not pointing any fingers, are we? We're no. not saying anything no. specific. But uh, yeah, the the things you know, it's socioeconomic. Oh yeah, yeah. and, and, and yeah. there's there's a certain level where people just flat can't afford. Yeah, and I think for the most part, you know, like I know that Doug and Scott and myself, we all take pride in what we do, our rehabs. We don't, we try not to cut corners. And I think for the most part, if people, you know, really look at it, we're really putting good homes back on the market. I mean, we're making a profit. Of course, we're doing this to make money, but why wouldn't people want us to come in there and take a piece of crap house that's been sitting there that's a, and that's improve a, the neighborhood yeah, and the neighborhood, neighborhood yeah the and, neighbors and, are probably and, saying thank you and not yeah, only absolutely. that we are usually asking top market value so we're putting we're pushing the numbers on our rehabs and, and putting in quality workmanship and pushing the numbers and trying to actually get the market to to you know bear more money so we're actually helping the neighborhood and cleaning things up so you know a lot of people look at us like oh we're sharks down there pick, you know taking advantage of people's you know downtime and trying to buy people and kicking people out of their houses and things like that what people don't realize is if, you know, if Lou didn't buy that house, the bank was going to take it anyways, right? And and throw the people on it. It might have sat there vacant for a year with vandalism and all kinds of stuff happening. Where if we buy it, there's a lot of times if Scott buys a house and there's a good person living in it, Scott will let the person stay in the house and keep him as a tenant. I mean, yes. that's a win-win all the way around. Yeah, I mean, you know? how many? I mean, I saw even in Scottsdale where you'd never think this would happen during the during the downtime. Where certain cul-de-sacs, where there may be like five homes on a cul-de-sac, three of them were were foreclosed on, and like you had said, John, the, the grass is growing high. Nobody's taking care of them, and guess what happens? People see that when they go by. The bad people, right. we we'll call them, mm-hmm. and they'll see that like, oh, well, you we'll know, take up residents, clean up the lawn, yeah. and never get yeah. called. We actually yeah. did, and it, and uh, Dan knows we did this when uh, we did our first, uh, actually our second season of television here in the valley. We actually. 
had what we affectionately call the crack house over around yeah. on the west side of town, right oh, just yeah. west of I-17. Right. And when I walked in there, guys, I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. They actually uh, framed off and insulated the garage door on one side. For the they, grow house. For the, for, for yeah, the grow house? For, nice. Yeah, for the grow house. And they actually took flex duct and pulled it in from the kitchen through the wall and just stuck it in the wall. They had extra electrical outlets all over the place. There were bed bugs the in the bedroom. The place was a mess. So you're saying it was done to code? Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't let the, the ROC wall, the go in there. The was more than violated. It was screaming. <laughs> it was screaming, yeah. In fact, you know, when the film crew went in there and they were looking at, wow, this place looks really bad. And I was like, look, when you see these little black dots and go in the bedroom, don't don't freak out. They're just bed bugs. Bed that bugs? just, oh. they lost it right there. But um, when we got no, it done. See, I went through that house before anybody else got If you, you, you keep talking I, like that, Lou's going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is a germaphobe. He, does, he doesn't have his utility belt with him today. Oh, that's right. That's what I forgot to bring my sledgehammer on that well-known picture of Lou on the internet with Lou taking care and knocking out that Arcadia door. That I was have, a classic I have the sledge in, the, in my vehicle. Oh. <laughs> just, yeah, the other day I asked Lou, I was like, hey, Lou, can you help me out with something? He's like, yeah, I got a guy for that. <laughs> yeah, I got somebody for that. <laughs> well, I have someone for those bed bugs. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. But when we got done, the house sold for 145000 and the neighborhood was just like, you could tell the neighborhood, I mean, all the other homes around it were, were decent. Yeah. And this was the only blight in the neighborhood. Yeah. And when we finally finished it, it was fabulous. I mean, they loved oh, it. And it sold, and I think, within you. a week. <laughs> yeah, and the neighbors loved you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah, the electrical panel was also another disaster because it was melting down at the bus bars because wow. it had so much load from the ground. Oh, yeah. It was just amazing. It was amazing that the place hadn't yeah. burned. Yeah. Is there, didn't Doug find a grow house? Didn't he buy a grow house on the, on the show? Yeah, he I, had, I think so. He yeah. had a stinker. Yeah. yeah, he had a stinker. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, I really can't tell you how much a pleasure it's been to have you guys on the show today, hopefully. And, I mean, John's back, and Lou, uh, hopefully the first time, but not the last time. And you guys have you back, and uh, we try and uh, teach all our listeners what not to do. And uh, we have two experts right here today, so we want to thank you guys for being here. And Get a hold of them. Yeah. If, if, you yeah. th- if, you're, if you're just doing it for yourself... Get a hold of an expert. Get a hold of one of these gentlemen. Have a nice talk. I'm sure they won't mind too much. No, no <laughs> absolutely. Come, come down to the courthouse and say hi. Yeah, yeah really. come down to courthouse. You but can't miss Louis. Got that homework. sign out. Side says, you know, ask me. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just look for the sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it's important to work with professionals like you guys yeah, to make sure you get. You know, I do a lot of rehabs, and like you said, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't even like the trusses. Yeah. You know, so it's important yeah. to make sure you work with guys that know what they're doing. And, and another thing I would like to put in is that, uh, for example, there's a lot of people from out of town that advertise. They come into town. How you can buy a million houses for free, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, nothing's free. Uh, listen, first of all, when uh, Arizonians beware, do your homework on all this because there's nothing for free. Uh, when these people come down, uh, they don't know even know the areas. They do these seminars. They're going to sell you all this. Do your homework, and Arizonians, use local people. They know neighborhoods. They know everything. The professionals. That's a tip I want to give everybody. Absolutely, and, and, and that's important. You know, Obviously, utilize the people that are here that know the market, and they're going to be honest with you. They're going to be able to help you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, Steve. thanks for having us. All right, you bet. all right, John Ray and Lou Amoroso from Property Wars. Thanks, guys. 
We're going to take a short break. On the other side, we're going to come back with more home improvement talk, and we're going to have the homeowner horror story of the week with our good friend, Dan Hayden. Don't go away. All right. Dan, did you know that you're an Arizonian? Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I Arizonian. did. I, I realized that when I was in Germany and watched the bridges wash do you away. Know, do you know that probably happened? You know, because everybody turns around. I know why Lou said that. Because, you know, everybody turns around and he says, but well, you must be a New Yorker. Uh-huh. So now he's an Arizonian. That's right. Well, speaking of Arizona, our windows get cooked real bad. Yes. Homeowner horror story is your windows will fail and separate if they're predominantly in the sun. And back east, if it's predominantly on the north side where it freezes, watch your windows. Just give them a quick check after everything's done because they'll fog, separate, and just let the outside inside. Because after some really punishing weather, your windows will be water injection ports. That's exactly right. So if if it gets if it starts to get dry outside and the fog is still there and you think, oh, maybe it'll go away, that's what my chiropractor's famous Famous words he tells everybody, you know, don't don't just sit there and do nothing. Do something do about something it. Do something about it. You can give us a call at Image Home Improvement. We'll come out and take an assessment of your windows. If it's time, we could possibly replace the glass. We could surely do that for you. Or we could just replace the whole frame and window and everything else if you would like to do that as well. So depending on each individual uh, situation uh, is different. That's right. So we'll have to come out. But, but you also can give beware us a call. of the guys that will come out and give you an energy survey and just sell your windows. Beware. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Before we wrap it up, in uh, we want to thank all our guests today. It it just been it just been full. Lou Amoroso and John Ray from Property Wars. Also Brian Molyneux and Elaine Gonzalez from uh, Lost Consultants LLC. Make sure you're with us next week. We're going to have David Geis on from Imagine Backyard Living. And we're going to be talking about a very uh, tragic event that could happen if you don't have your barbecue working properly. Bad things can happen. David's going to share a story with us uh, on the show, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And check us out on imagehomeimprovementshow.com. Don't forget, if you ever thought about not listening to this program, Resistance is futile. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. You're a great American. I love you. Forever moving on.